It's May 28th, 2022. Welcome to the Alien Code Podcast. Though many people assume flying saucers were developed after World War II, they were really in the design stage at German aircraft manufacturers as early as 1941, according to George Klein. Joining me again is Dr. Bill. How's it going, Bill? Hey, how are you? Welcome to the Alien Flow Podcast. Mm-hmm. How are we doing? I'm getting getting some beverage. hydration there, buddy? I'm drinking a beverage. Um, got any vodka in that? Or what's no. Because yeah, no. you're after, it's afternoon at your place. You can start yeah. drinking, right? Yeah, that'll make it interesting. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll just, have to do that. I just found... Uh, so I was taking the recycling out, and there's like this empty little tiny liquor bottle in uh what uh, yeah in the in the recycling and it's like aquavit and it's like i I, I go to my wife i go are you is this yours (laughs) and she goes oh yeah that was left over from my mom's stuff so she was adding it to something but it uh it reminded me that she used to make uh her own soda pop you know carbonated drink and it'd be in the fridge and um, our kid loved this stuff, and she'd have to um, sort of it would be like a treat. He, like once a day, he'd get a, a, if he wanted it, he could get a cup of this, this um, soda. And I was like, you know, I'd see this, and she would drink it, and he would drink it. And I was like, well, I'm finally going to try it. And it, the stuff was, had alcohol in it because of <laughs> Because whatever, Hell yeah. So whatever she was, whatever <laughs> she was doing to prepare this this homemade soda would ferment, and it would have a little alcohol content in it. So I had a little. How'd glass. you know? Were I, you getting I, buzzed? I got a buzz. You know? I drank a cup. Yeah, like you, a kid, the, and your kid was drinking. Wait, yeah, your kid was drinking yeah, this every day. Well, she would give him when you know every once in a while he would get like, "Do you want a little cup of the soda?" He's like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> it's like yeah, and it's not like it's not like real soda like. Like you get at the store, which has you know a ton of sugar in it, and the kids will love it for the sugar. This stuff doesn't have a lot of sugar in it, but he loved it. And I figured out after that, I'm like, I yeah. think he, I think he likes it because there's alcohol. I go, you know, this has alcohol in it. Goes, oh yeah. She goes, it's it's got a really minor, minor amount in it. I go, I got a buzz off of this. <laughs> so yeah, go take your nap. Go take a nap now. <laughs> that's how you get him to keep quiet. Yeah, that's why I think. He was a very well-behaved kid. Um, <laughs> He's very that, calm. That was the secret. So what about these? I know you sent me a document this morning on the German flying saucers. Yeah, and you have the uh, you have the CIA UFO book put out by MUFON. Yeah. And this, this is actually, I've read that. This is actually in there. And this document is, um, basically all it is, is uh, reprints and translations of newspaper articles from other countries. So this one has three, um, this is 1952-53, and it has, uh, it just has translation of an article from a Greek newspaper, and uh, from 1953, with a uh, German scientist who couldn't find any information about. Um, they mention oh, and then they're talking. They, you know, the the Greek article says uh, according to recent reports from Toronto, Canadian Air Forces 
building um, flying saucers. And then they say, I've been known actually since the possibility of their construction was proven in plans drawn up by German engineers towards the end of World War II. And then they talked to George Klein, a German engineer, who I couldn't find any information about this guy. It'd be interesting to find out. Uh, stated recently that many people believe flying saucers to be post-war development. They were actually in the planning stages in German aircraft factories as early as 1941. So they did have, oh, you know, I did the short where the kid gets zapped by a flying saucer. And one of the pictures that I saw when I was looking for this stuff, there's like a, a drawing. I, I'm assuming somebody made it up or something, but it shows sort of the flat bottom flying saucer that looks like an upside down pie tin. And it had a, a like a gun pointing, pointing, from, yeah. pointing from the bottom of it. And I saw that yeah. and immediately thought of that flying saucer that zapped the kid. Um, that was included in... Uh, McDonald's testimony before Congress in 1968. So yeah, this is this is actually pretty cool. He says flying saucers reached an altitude of 12,400 meters, uh, three minutes speed of 2,200 kilometers per hour. It said it could go faster. They could make them big for for um, four thousand. Its potential was four thousand kilometers an hour. How yeah. is, he, is this possible? Do you think this is real? I mean. Well, you know, this is a document, official document. It I, looks like, but I, I think that the Foo Fighters were were a Japan a Japanese the Japanese used it. I think the Foo Fighters were a German uh, super weapon. Wunder, what do you yeah. call it? A Wunder, Wunderwaffen. <laughs> Wunder Wunderwaffel Waffe, Wunderwaffe okay. like a Luftwaffe, a flying war, yeah. flying weapon. Luftwaffe Wunderwaffe is a wonder weapon. I think yeah. the uh, they were big on wonder weapons, and I think the um, uh, Foo Fighters were a German energy weapon. And I'm probably you know, considered nuts for thinking that, but um, I think it's a possibility. And I don't know what sort of technology, what, what you could say. He says that the, the Soviets captured the, uh, the scientists that were involved in this. Or does he say that? Did they capture them or they were forced to go? It was like they were forced oh, to go yeah. there. And then they destroyed all they destroyed all the evidence, the yeah, saucers the, and the, yeah, the documentation and everything. The Russians um, the Russians would capture German scientists and then they would volunteer to work in Russia for the rest of their lives at that time. Their so. project paperclip only a little more forceful. <laughs> <laughs> Paperclip. Although I haven't, I haven't read the books on paperclip. Paperclip. Those scientists, especially Werner von Braun, were. I mean, part of the reason that they were, they could, that they continued and and stayed working happily. One is that, you know, they weren't put on. The main reason a lot of these science scientists continued to work and were happy to work in the U.S. is because they did not put them on trial as war criminals and that's yes. the that they could hold that over their heads for the rest of their lives and if they wanted to um say no i'm not going to do this they would say well you know we um you you like with von braun he goes your factories used to slave labor and executed people 
he I mean he probably should have been prosecuted for that but he was considered too valuable to um in competition with the yeah. Soviet space race to to do anything about Man, you yeah, don't I, want that stable you don't want that staple to your resume yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this raises the possibility i mean we're talking about so you have the um the cube the flying cube in the atlantic with the uh, sphere around it that's surveilling and interacting with our fighter jets yeah uh, that that throws out if the soviets had actually gotten this technology it's possible that they could have advanced this technology to the point where that's an advanced aircraft surveillance aircraft and um, they're using it to surveil our our ships i mean there's there's also the you know if you're thinking about it if you have a craft that can maneuver like that that's manipulating gravity it might be extremely challenging to um to like fire a weapon out of it so that might yeah. be one of the reasons if like the u.s or even the soviet union or china had has this technology they may have never deployed it as a fighter aircraft because if you can't fire a weapon out of it it's not very good or if yeah. you can only fire a weapon it's like the um oh the old star trek with the um, cloaking ship, the Romulan cloaking ship, where they could only fire yeah. when they were decloaked. Yeah. So if the if if there are such a things being deployed by Russia or whatever, and they can only fire once they stop moving, it's sort of useless. Because right. it's like you got to stop, you got to target, you got to fire. Mean, meanwhile, you're going to have a, a half dozen jets launching launching missiles at you. Well, you stop, fire, and then jam out of there. I mean, it's... Yeah, I mean, it's... it's. Um, I don't know. It, they it, could theoretically... It, I, just, oh, yep, yep. Outrun everything. That's what the submarines do. That's the technology with the modern subs. When a other sub fires a torpedo at them, they just haul ass because the submarine can outrun the torpedo, go faster than the torpedo, especially a, nu a nuclear sub can outrun a torpedo. It, are they that quick? Holy yeah, crap! Yeah. I thought it would take you know, like a ship, it takes forever to get up to speed. Are they nuclear power? Does it throw everybody against a bulkhead once this thing takes off? Those things, what? they things are like an airplane underwater. They haul ass. They can outrun a torpedo. That's in. Uh, that's not a big secret. That was revealed, or uh, I think people, submariners knew that, but Tom Clancy uh, talked about that in, um, wrote about that in the Hunt for Red October. That's where I first saw it. So yeah, it's like they, can, they just crank it. That's why these 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 systems on these submarines, especially the propulsion systems, are so classified. Um, because you know they just push the throttle forward and they just haul ass. So and they make wow. a lot, they make a lot of noise when they do that. They don't want to do that uh, um, normally. Well, they get got to do it. But, you but, get blown up. But if they, if they get if they get uh, a I mean, then these are the boomers. The boomers can outrun, yeah. and those are those are big boats, so they can they can outrun these guys. So crazy. Uh, so that yeah, I think it's a possibility. I love stories about uh, old uh, World War II German high tech weaponry. I I think it's really possible that these that there are some amazingly secret stuff that. Who knows what happened to it, where it's gone, who's who's doing anything with it. Is it that the Americans never could come up with the cool stuff like that? 
Yeah, was it just them? Oh, they had. Um, oh, I was looking at this well, art. I was. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, I was looking at. Uh, there was a German jet aircraft that's actually in the uh, Smithsonian, and um, it looks like a modern stealth fighter. I mean, with the shape and everything. Uh, doesn't have the composite materials, but just the shape and, and how thin it was and, and sharp the edges were and stuff. It's amazing looking. And that's you know, 80 years old, 80 year old tech. Was that us? That was the Germans. There... Germans, yeah. It's in the Smithsonian. It's in storage in the Smithsonian. Yeah. So it's, uh, and that was a, a German craft. So they did have, uh, they did have amazing tech development. Now what do we have? Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's been a weird, uh, weird UFO week. So, yep, that's actually pretty interesting. It's not anything new though. It's in that CIA book that you have on from MUFON. Yeah, and I've seen this. This, this has come up from time to time. Yeah. I know it's not really anything new, but it's uh, it's interesting to think that they could have come up with something, but then nothing. They've completely destroyed everything. No doc, you know, no documents survive. No ship parts survive nothing it just but this document looks judging by this document though looks like they had something the memo yeah know. this is i mean it's an inner it's a newspaper article from an athens newspaper 1952 well the um, soviets could have the tech maybe they like you said maybe they've got it i i yeah and i mean they're, yeah it's they, a they're gonna do something with it it's a possibility um but it, it um, it's hard to say. I mean, it's. I think a lot of Soviet, a lot of technology just went one way during the Cold War, and that went from us to them. It's like the technology now goes pretty much one way to China. All our technology goes from us to China. Um, yeah. So you don't know what we don't know what the Russians have. The Russians have developed the Russians, or what advanced technologies they may have. Um, or the Chinese. I know the Chinese had a lot of trouble making um, uh, the blades for jet engines, and but the Russians have that technology, and, and we've just uh, made sure that the Chinese and the Russians are very good friends. So either the, <laughs> either the um, um, you know, so if the Chinese need advanced uh, engine technology, they'll just call call Russia and say, send us over some fan blades for our uh, fighter jets. Daring is caring, Bill. Yes, it is. <laughs> it is. So let's move on to the interesting, this is just a blurp. This will take blurp. two seconds. Blurp. What's the, the blurp? Apache, the Apache. Longbow oh, yeah. Yeah. 281. Uh, you sent that to me and I kind of opened it up. I was at work. I don't want to get in trouble, but I opened it up at work. And um, I thought it, I didn't know it was a UFO thing. I thought it was like a, you know, a military thing. So I got it home. I sent it to, I actually got it to send to my email. I opened it up at home and went, holy shit, this is pretty good. They had, they looked like three UAPs yeah. of some kind. And uh, the ATC was telling the, the helicopter pilot, oh, yeah, it's probably some A-10s or, you know. F-15s or something flying through there. <laughs> Look at this thing. You got you got to be the the pilot of the helicopter going this stuff. 
that's what that is. And then they started. <laughs> was... Then they started circling each other, or doing something. They were just flying in a line, and then they started doing like weird yeah. maneuvering. It's like <laughs> it was all. And the helicopter was just kind of after the ATC says that he's just kind of quiet, going, uh, "Yeah, he's thinking that's not what that is." <laughs> well, the pilot was maneuvering. Goes, "I'm not going to look at that." <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, so. This is um, oh, there's a meeting this this week. I should this weekend and they're doing a um that an analysis at that meeting hang on let me grab the let me grab the poster it's on the wall over okay. here okay grab the poster as we'll we'll stand by as bill brings in his visual effects now we're looking at money and a money was know what the uh rate of i'm back so it's the back. Yeah, I'm back. There's a UFO disclosure symposium this weekend, 27 through 29 in Vernal, Utah, and they're they are um, having a panel which is actually analyzing this video, and apparently they're also going to release a couple other videos, and we'll hear about those on Monday. Since neither of us uh, wanted to go to this, this meeting. Monday, what's the date? What's the date? Uh, the the oh. meeting is this weekend. The symposium is happening right now in Vernal, Utah, this weekend. And they have all sorts of people there. They have uh, Avi Loeb is there. They have um, Heineck's son, Paul Heineck, is there. Uh, Chris Lato, who is actually, they he looked at and was analyzing this video. And he thought that from that thing yesterday where they did the b balloon launch from Vernal, Utah, sort of as a publicity thing for for the meeting where they sent up a balloon with cameras and stuff for fun a weather balloon and um do they have the red-haired guy from the southern guy from skin no, 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 he's not there he should be though <laughs> um they had um look at that look at that it's that's a wormhole um so they have um Chris Lato, he did an analysis. He said if the objects were a mile away, they were doing a Mach 1.28 Mach. Uh, if they were closer, they would have been doing less. But if they were doing farther, they would have been doing a lot more. And he says there was no sonic boom. But I'm not sure that you'd... If they were on a Apache helicopter, you're not going to hear a sonic boom in a, in a uh, audio on, from an Apache hel helicopter. They got, you know ear bumps on and they're in the engines running they're not going to hear squat so yeah uh but yeah he said they were moving if they were a mile away they were moving very fast and their maneuvers were not um something that you could do people were throwing out that it's a uh, criticism while they were talking about it well he talked about it a little bit on this live streaming yesterday he said that um it definitely wasn't birds because you could see the birds have a particular movement on it. And then people would throw out, uh, it could be insects. Um, yeah, I don't think so. But we'll get, we'll get. Um, I mean, in the coming week, we'll see more of an analysis of this video and the other videos that re they released. And um, talk about it next week. They had, uh, the, they, also, they also had the guy from, what's that? The flashlight thing is that they another. That's one a different video. Analyzing. That's a different video. But is it? Are they analyzing that though? I haven't I seen any. Are they analyzing? I, I didn't see anything on that. That actually was interesting. So anyway, 
we'll see. We'll hear about that. There'll be some analysis there. Um, uh, I've lost my, I've lost my mind. Oh, Travis Taylor is going to be there. The guy, yeah, he's there. They got him on the list. Tra Dr. Travis. He's Taylor. there. He's there. That's amazing. He's going to be amazing. there. He's going to be there. Um, so yeah, I, I, well, it's I in Utah, so you'd have to go very far. Yeah, it would have been. Well, yeah, they're close. This and this is Blind Frog Ranch, where it's nearby. They had the guy that owns Blind Frog Ranch on the streaming for a minute, and uh, uh, Chris Lado asked him, says that you've seen the UFOs at your Blind Frog Ranch. He goes, we've seen stealthy UFOs. He goes, hey, what's that? He goes, well, it's a UFO that's encased in a cloud. And you can tell it's a stealthy UFO because the cloud doesn't move and all the other clouds move. Weird. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be watching out for that. Yeah. Look out for that. <laughs> keep, keep your eyes on the sky. Uh, but yeah, 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 this would have been cool, um, cool meeting to go to. But yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. Uh, Travis Taylor there. I don't recognize a lot of these people because we're sort of new to this. Heineck's son was there. Chris Leto was there. Um, good stuff. Hopefully they'll put some of the the uh, symposiums on um, the YouTube so we can see the YouTube yeah. so we can so we the can see YouTube. the YouTube so we can see it. Then there was that other video where the guy was seeing lights and he flashed his his uh yeah the flashlight yeah i think that was a military maneuver that he was seeing because there was bright yeah. lights and then there was flashes down near the horizon and with different flashes and i think his flashing the uh flashlight at it and it fl giving a big flash was just a coincidence yeah i think so too it didn't yeah it really didn't do anything for me as far as anything re revelation of any kind well what I wish that had happened is that they had done a um, um, triangulation. So it's like if you're working with somebody else, you, can, you go five or ten miles apart and you do a compass heading, and then you can just draw it in. So, okay, it happened here, and then you can go near that location. And if it's on a military reservation, um, it could be UFOs, like Area 51, or it could be a military exercise. So yeah, I would have really liked to have seen uh, some triangulation on that. But... Yeah, they gave they gave the city he was nearby. I Sedona to was it Sedona, Arizona? Yeah, yeah, Sentinel, Sentinel, or something like that. And I meant to bring it up to see if it was close to anything. Yeah, I did. But I just I was like underwhelmed, so I moved on. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a cool video. I thought it was interesting. Yeah, but it's yeah, great that the yeah. guy stopped and filmed it. But I mean, that's why we have these forms. We have these forms. Fill out the form. <laughs> Um, I really would like to see some triangulation on some of this stuff. And so last week we talked about, uh, what else we want to talk about? Craft retrieval, Eric, back engineering. What? Eric, did you, you wanted to talk about Admiral Wilson's memo? Yeah, I was, um, I was spending some time trying to look at background on this and I found a site where like, there was a lot of background on it. Um, so this guy at the congressional hearing last week, um, which guy? Cliffings? 
clutch inverter, flat toward false information. We need laws. Yeah, the <laughs> we need laws. We need laws for disinformation. Disinformation. That's like Lahoud. Lahoud. Uh, from Illinois, of course. He's a Republican from Illinois. So if a Republican in Illinois is essentially a Democrat, um, he says, we need new laws so when people lie on the Internet, um, we can do something. Now, let's do that. Um, yeah. But uh, Mr. Gallagher, from Republican from Wisconsin, he's the guy that uh, mentioned the um, nuclear silo event where the UFOs we're messing with the, the nuclear silo, and uh, which has never officially been investigated. That's I, that where they shut everything down. They yeah, shut they yeah. shut it down. Yeah, and uh, we think. And then he had that. What happened? Uh, that this guy, Doctor Eric Wilson, had a conversation with um, Admiral Thomas Wilson. I was trying to. It was hard to figure out who these people were. Um, Eric Davis. I think it's Eric Davis' uh, meeting with Admiral Eric, Wilson. Is it Eric Davis? Am I screwing up the names? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Eric Davis. And then uh, that's my notes. I was writing it too quick. And then the was meeting with Admiral, I got his name here, Admiral Thomas Wilson. I did find a site that went into enormous detail on this stuff. And I found a really good summary on uh, Reddit. Reddit. Um. And I was trying to do some background on um, Eric Davis, who the, his thing says he is involved with Casper, which is this, at uh, Baylor University, which is a center for astrophysics, space physics, and engineering research. He's an adjunct professor there, uh, which means he's an hourly employee. Uh, he's involved in Earth Tech Inc., which when you go into the street view, it looks the building looks abandoned and the uh, on Google and with no cars in the parking lot. But their uh, web on their website, the CEO of Earth Tech is Puthoff, which was also co-founder of To the Stars, which was that thing with uh, um, Elizondo and Chris Miller were involved in. And they did that TV show, uh, The Phenomenon, which was pretty good until the last season, and that, except for the last two or three episodes where they walked everything back, and which was weird. I'm not sure what's going on with that. Um, so this guy was a co-founder of To The Stars, and To The Stars now just looks like it's a merchandise site. They're just like selling sweatshirts and T-shirts and stuff and not doing anything mm. of substance. Uh, and this Earth Tech Inc. Puthoff's kids are all the rest of the higher-ups, and then this guy, Davis. Puthoff is also a guy that says that he can do um, uh, remote viewing. says he's an expert at remote, remote viewing, and he used to be an advisor, I believe, uh, uh, with Bigelow. And, oh, really? Yeah, and I'm not... Uh, and he was involved in... He's a physicist he's was involved in at uh, Stanford and the Stanford Research Institute and which is not affiliated with Stanford and um, yeah but I'm not seeing any uh, motion or activity from Earth Tech Inc or 
um, to the stars with with these these guys. And uh, so that said, Admiral Wilson was the 13th Director, Defense Intelligence Agency from 99 to 02. Somehow they missed the uh, whole 9/11 thing. They had no intelligence that anything like that was going on. Good job, guys. Mm. Um, and they mentioned other people. There was a guy named Will Miller, who was Commander Will Miller. Um, not a lot of information on this guy, although he was in the Navy and he was involved in, in I guess, intelligence. Like Puthoff, Miller, and Davis all belong to the Association of Former Intelligence Officers. So, uh, and then there's a guy named Oki Shannon, who I have no idea. I didn't get to the point where I could figure out where he is. So did you read the memo? Did you get anything out of it? I read the memo and I wasn't clear on who was talking, who yeah. Admiral Wilson was talking to Eric Davis. Yeah. One of them was trying to get information, you know, the reverse engineering thing. And he got he shut down at every you know, every corner, you know, what? although this guy was like a whistleblower of some kind. Sounds yeah, like. Well, it's, it's not really a whistleblower, but he had information Well, about the reverse engineering. Well, Wilson, you in know. this memo, Wilson is apparently trying to, was trying to get access to these special access projects and find out what was going on with them. And this memo purportedly shows that uh, he was told he couldn't go there. He he discovered them be through accounting stuff, through the books, and wanted to find out what this money was being spent on. And they didn't. Uh, he met with whoever was in charge of this thing, and they wouldn't get, grant him access. And they talked. He was about, shut down to the point of you know threatening his career in the supposedly in this the end. supposedly in this memo. But his career didn't have any effect. He's he's like on a half a dozen boards of these these weapons companies yeah just gonna jump around and the uh um so his career is he's golden he's got a great pension he's get so uh, you sit on a board of directors of these companies they pay you a ton of money and you show up like twice a year and go okay i vote yes <laughs> um where's my check and um so yeah, they met, uh, I don't know, uh, Eric Davis. He says, no comment, no comment. I am not, I went through his um, bio. Um, I don't know, I, I, I'm not impressed. Um, he says, no comment on this. Admiral Wilson says it, uh, it's not true or something. This guy... Um, Who's the guy? Will Commander Miller. There's this letter in here from Commander uh, Miller to Eric W. Davis. And he says he has no memory of this letter. Uh, I have no memory of this letter. You don't remember writing this letter? I have no memory of this letter. I don't know what you're talking about. So, um, my impression... I think it's, you have some minor intelligence characters. I don't know. I mean, it's so much of this, so much of this <laughs> yeah. stuff is, yeah, it's like so much of this stuff is just, is thrown out there. Um, 
But I do have to say that if you were to set up a project to investigate and back engineer advanced technology, uh, this is basically the, sort of the description and the access and the other stuff in this memo is how you would do it. Um, which, I mean, you could also say like Davis and these other guys, they have, Davis has enough knowledge about how these security procedures work that you could put something like this together. And this is like, supposedly he put this together from memory. This is not from memory. If this was put together, it's either, yeah. it looks like it would be a recording. So if he actually did meet with them, it was, um, it was done with a, um, he recorded the conversation. So I would what be. What was the time? What was the date? I don't uh, have it in front of me. 10 and that's that, another, that meeting happened. Yeah, the meeting between the. You know. So he also one of the things I problem I have with this is uh, this is around the time that that Admiral Wilson retired. So he's there in a car with a driver at uh, EG and G Special Projects. That's the company that hired um, Bob Lazar. Lazar. Yeah. And uh, that's a uh, so that's sort of ties it in that my question is what it was his retirement date for admiral wilson and if he had been retired he's not going to be running around with a driver in a car official car yeah and he left yeah. he left the um defense intelligence agency in july but i don't know what his i don't know what his retirement date is probably could look it wasn't it wasn't in the uh Wikipedia article, but you could probably find that information out. So if his retirement date was before this date, I would say that this whole thing isn't, you know, it's not real. But other than that, um, I do like the structure of the memo because it uh, sort of lays out how a special access project and accessing a special access project would work. Um, but yeah, I don't... Uh, and I don't like the fact that if, um, and there's a whole story about how this thing leaked out and this, that, and where it came from. Um, and we talk about this. It's like people, why doesn't uh, Eric Davis just come out and say, he says, no comment, I can't comment on it. Why does he just come out and say, yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. What's the, yeah, it's true. What's, what's, but, and I mean, he gives talks at MUFON and, and I guess about warp drives or whatever his, his thing is. But Yeah. Just, just what's going to happen to you? Oh, they might kill you. Well, you know, um, okay. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, just come, just come out. I mean, this is, I mean, this is the problem that I have with a lot of the stuff is you have, um, it seems that there's always people, he'll be on his deathbed. He'll go, oh, it was real. Uh, like a lot of this stuff. Um, <laughs> so anyway, uh, that might merit some more look at in the uh, future. Uh, I have a good summary that I got from uh, Reddit. I'll send you, I'll send you a copy. Yeah. Uh, I just, I just got this down. Um, Eric Davis has never denied its authenticity, but he's never said it was real either. Citing his multiple occasions, yeah. he will not confirm the authenticity of the memo, citing his security clearance. So I, that doesn't make any sense. He wasn't talking to this uh, guy in a classified 
context. They're sitting in a car having a conversation about what this guy went through. And then it got on, on a document. That's interesting. And, well, he, if he did do this conversation, he recorded the, it's the way the memo is laid out. He recorded the conversation. He probably did not inform, if he did record it, he didn't inform the admiral that he was recording the conversation, which is problematic right there. Yeah. Um, privately discussed military, uh, secretary of defense, and this goes in a lot of details. I'll send you a copy of this. Um, bigot list. The program manager could fly. Um, uh, yeah, they're talking. This Miller apparently briefed a bunch of people at um, the Pentagon about UFO stuff. I am Eric Wilson's non-denial. There's a, a you can watch a video on that original memo. Crash retrieval programs. Um, and I agree with what you say. It's like they just need to, if there is stuff, just well, come out and say there's stuff. Yeah, I just am perplexed at this whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. just can't because we can't know. Yeah. So I let's talk I... about something a little more fun. Let's talk about the no. recent Skinwalker episode. Yes, Are you must do move that? on. Oh, yeah, we have to talk about Skinwalker as much as we really sometimes don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it wasn't bad. This week was not bad. <clears throat> but it um wasn't good <laughs> what about the bit laser what do you think about that okay so they shot this they had a little pin light laser yeah. green one that they shot up into the the into this area this triangular area that they say is i don't know if they're trying to say it's a, a wormhole or that was their something that was their conclusion you know. at the end is we may be seeing a wormhole. Um, well, one of well, the things the Celestron telescope up there and it wouldn't read and when they shined it into the triangle, it wouldn't read any planets cause it was automatic where it has automatic acquisition. I'd love to have one of these. And, um, you know, and they're not that expensive really that what they had, I, I don't even know if it was super expensive. It looked typical of what I've seen. You know, in astronomy magazines, you know, yeah, yeah. and it, it tells you what's up in the sky when yeah. you're looking at it, but it wouldn't read when they were in the triangle, it wouldn't read any planets. Yeah. Kind of... I didn't believe that. Uh, um, no. it's just, there, <laughs> yeah, it might've been a simple math. No, it's like every, every time we pointed at a star in the triangle, it's deleted from the database. It's like, come on. Um, <laughs> There's, that's just, I mean, it's the, uh, the, um, the, what do they call it? The alien, the malevolent force is screwing with their computers. Yeah. yeah so they, um, they got these guys in from the, um, Salt Lake Astronomy, Astra Astronomical Society, and they set up a bunch of scopes yeah. and they had six different high definition telescopes and none of them worked. Well, you know, it's it's like you're going to point at telescopes at a part of the sky and, you know, and oh God, um, they want to see a change in appearance of the stars because of the gravitational anomaly. Um, no, they didn't even yeah. show any footage. They didn't see anything. They didn't show any. And then their excuse yeah. was uh, equipment failure uh, times six. And it's, oh, my camera's not working. Oh, it keeps deleting uh, information from the database. I just don't believe it. One of the things I was thinking about 
was this show is not a document, a science documentary show. It is a entertainment. Yeah. And oh, given, no, we don't watch it like science. Yeah. Yeah. And given that, it, well, a lot of people may not know this. Now, given that it's an entertainment, um, they can be loose and fast with the truth and with information. So it's like uh, you have uh, Tucker Carlson and you have Rachel Maddow, those two TV shows, which are most people perceive those as news shows. Both those shows have been sued over something they have said. And when they've gone to court, um, I think the lawsuits have been lost because the shows are not news shows doing reporting. They are considered to be entertainment. So yeah. this is the same sort of thing. This is not a docu science documentary type show that's reporting facts. The show is an entertainment and they're playing fast and loose with the truth. And they're, they're throwing out a lot of, um, you know, little things as exciting. I was thinking about it too. It's like, if your salary depends on you discovering something new and interesting every week, you're going to discover something new and interesting every yeah. week. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to so call it. What, hmm? what, what, okay. So the, all right, so we'll move on to the actual episode. What you, the, the biologicals, the cows, what do you think made those cows walk around like that? They were all jumpy and things. What do you think caused that? Would it be the rocket that they fired off into the triangle? Could be Would a that fox. Make the cows jumpy. Just a fox. Just a <laughs> fox. It could be one of the um, um, neighboring Indians sneaking in to just mess with them, which is one of my theories. And it, this episode would actually suggest that you could have a, a guy doing a low crawl onto the property. The cows would freak out by that. Um, the cows would smell them or hear them. This could be a snake, although at, at night it's not likely, but it depends on how warm it was. They look comfortable. It could be any sort of animal. It could be a um, anything out there, and the cows would freak out. And um, yeah, I don't. I, I, cows freak out. So could have been a coyote. I think it was the rocket. I just think it was the rocket they shot up. They shot two rockets uh, with, yeah. with little with lights on it, and that's actually. The, a, that's I don't a, know what that. That's yeah. a that's a good call. I was doing. I told you this uh, once before. I when we first came out here, we have a horse farm behind us, and I wanted to do fireworks in the backyard. And uh, the horses on the horse farm were just freaking out. I mean, they were whinnying and running around when we did like a fountain. And like, yeah. okay, okay, we need to we need to move this yep. into the front yard where the horses can't see it because the horses were really freaking out. Doesn't take yep. a lot. Cows the same thing, and the cows. Yeah. The cows weren't in, the cows will take on a, a defensive posture too. If they feel it's a threat, they'll actually form a line and face uh, what they think is a threat. Uh, these cows are just moving to the fence away from whatever that was. So if that's a possibility that they, they didn't understand the threat uh, and they couldn't focus on it. So they were just getting upset and moving closer to where they saw people, where they knew that it would be a, a safer place to be. So yeah, I didn't I didn't feel that was a that was anything. And then uh the laser, I don't know. If you're gonna point the laser at the sky and see weird crap in the triangle, go down the road a quarter mile and do the same thing again. It's called yeah. it's called scientific reproducibility. And um <laughs> they used to teach that in uh 
science classes. So I don't know if that's, they do that anymore. And I, I, yeah. So I don't know where these guys get their PhDs, but uh, we, we are big on, we are big on reproducibility or we used to be. Uh, so yeah, just go down the road, you know, a quarter mile, shine your laser that does the same things. It's just the fog and clouds doing things. Fog and clouds will bend and change light. Although the little bendy was pretty cool when the thing bent. So, yeah. But um, move around, move around, do it again, see where it is. I mean, if if there is a weird phenomena on that branch and that laser was showing specific activity, you could have used that to map that whole area out. And you could have used it as a tool, a mapping tool. This is the problem that I have with the show. It's like they don't follow through. And Travis, whatever his name is, Travis Taylor should have enough sense to do this. Use the laser, map it out. Uh, they're not doing that. So they're, they're being theatrical. The cows, um, I agree with you, it's probably the rocket. They're being theatrical. Well, the cows are getting excited. Well, you know, the cows are afraid of the rocket. Um, what else? What else is going on there? Oh, the computer. I don't believe that the problems they were having with the um, telescopes were real. I think that was theater. Um, the specific problems with the guy mapping on his telescope. I've never seen this happen before. The thing to remember is that all these people are getting paid. And uh, the money tree is uh, Brendan Fugel. And so if they don't find things, the money tree doesn't stop raining money. And the show is sold. It's popular. It's sold on a, on a what, discovery or history or whatever the channel is. So the, and, you know, we'll play for whoever knows long. It's going to be generating revenue for many years. So you have to find exciting things to keep the money tree flowing. Uh, it's like, like Oak Island Mint, just like Oak yeah. Island. Oak Island, they kept, I mean, Oak Island is so friggin' Years ridiculous. I've yet to meet one person that has, is addicted to that show, although mm. I did watch it for a couple seasons, like we said before. And I, I bet was you so addicted that, to it. They never found much of anything. I bet you there was people yeah. that loved it for the first two or three seasons. Yeah. Um, I don't know how it stays. I don't know how what. I don't know how it stays going. Honestly, you, you, it's you, um, ridiculous. It's like every little thing is exciting, and you and but if you look at the total information output of these shows, it's very small. So Oak Island. Oh, God. Um, yeah. And Oak yeah. Island is a fascinating. It's like Blind Frog Ranch, which they're trying to make into sort of a mystical uh, place, like uh, Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, there is fascinating history in Oak Island that they could have pursued genuinely and um, you know, been as interesting or more interesting than this, you know, constant drilling and digging and, you know, oh, look, look Captain, Captain Kidd, we something on this old chart, on this old map, it says Captain Kidd something on it. You know, how, I've said this before, how could I know that Captain Kidd was associated with Oak Island most of my life? And these guys are like, whoa, we just discovered this. It's like, oh, God. Anyway. Most people don't know. I didn't know. Most people don't know. I did. You know. I don't know why. But it's I like, think. I mean, that should be a good thing that he's associated with the island. Oh, it's as awesome. As far as the show goes. But it's, it's, awesome. it's, they're poking all kinds of holes in it. And they're damming up the swamp. And they're draining it. And they're, 
finding planks and their yeah. every little thing is is exciting. Hey, it's they got to keep but, the money tree going. But like you said, it was. Uh, I think you said it was a mine of some kind. And it has blue. It has blue clay Stella. that is that contains um, that assays for silver. And the reason that that struck me, I didn't know this before, and I hadn't thought about it. But the the structure and the the how the the money pit is designed is like a mine with with air shafts. But you know that the the air shafts go out towards the water, which you could have you know you got to answer that question. So the uh, but where we grew up out in California, up in Reno, and I remember this from growing up out there is the silver mines up there produce a blue clay so that's a sign that you got you know silver is this blue clay and so i saw that on the oak island stuff because i was sort of scanning the episodes and things like that and i'm like oh blue clay so you look it up comstock load how did they discover it blue clay so 500 years ago you have um, people coming ashore on the the americas they come to this island, they see this blue clay. What are they going to do? They're going to, I mean, at that time, they're like silver mine. And they're going to come in there and they're going to put a silver mine in it. So that's what I think happened. And I mean, that whole facility, the whole swamp looks like they had some sort of um, uh, dry dock or something for the ships. And they just mined it and left. And, you know, then... Yeah. Um, then Captain Kidd came in and buried part of his treasure there, which is well documented, and was recovered years ago. So you have this this stuff that happens, and instead of actually truly researching this and telling a fascinating historical story about this island and early, you know, silver mine in America or whatever it was, um, they got to play this thing, this game. It's been on like like nine seasons. <laughs> amazing how yeah. long it's been going yeah. hey, on hey but it's money it's Too a money long. machine money machine keeps making them money people are watching it um so back to skinwalker so then travis oh, is skinwalker. and travis got awakened at 5 13 in the morning by something bumping against no, his trailer it was not five it was three in the morning i wrote no it five thirteen because the other guy said i was at five o'clock and i oh it was the same thing happened to me right. you're right five thirteen it's my notes Sorry, your memory's better than mine. I just uh, wrote it down. It's not. You wrote, wrote it down. It down. <laughs> I did too. Um, yeah, something banged who, on who my knows trailer. What, so yeah, that might who be. Who knows what? That's, who knows what that was? That's the. And thing. the other guy just the other guy had night terrors. Same time. <laughs> and and then I looked on I looked on the sky thing and I saw a meteor. So it's so their conclusion is is that it's a wormhole to outer space. So. Their rockets, when they shoot them up in the triangle, they they uh, re-enter the atmosphere from a high altitude. Uh, yeah, great. Like I said, this, it's an entertainment. They're throwing this stuff out. They can say whatever they want. They can limit whatever they want. And um, yeah, that's fine. And this is, makes it harder for there to be this. All this stuff does is oh, and then they saw a, uh, a UAP, UFO. With a with a black dot in the middle, black dot in the middle, which I was like, oh, that's very cool and interesting. But you got to remember that these people also own a helicopter. So um, 
you can coincidentally have a light appear in the sky when you want it to if you have a helicopter. So I, um, I'm not saying they did that, but I also didn't see them run inside to look at their um, air traffic uh, control computer. Yeah. And, yeah. Say, and they also didn't make an attempt to do a triangulation on that thing. They could have said, okay, run out there for five miles as fast as you can. Jump in the car, go out there, and let's take a reading, yeah. and let's do all this, this measuring and try and pinpoint where it is and how far it is and all this stuff. They're just going, it's a UIP. So it's like they're yeah. that say that we're doing a scientific analysis of this thing, and they're not doing anything rationally scientific. And they have oh, even their their cameras that they just installed. They're like, the cameras aren't working. So yeah. you you can't constantly have technical problems and say it's a malevolent force. Um. So then they brought in uh, uh, Brendan Fugel for his debrief, and he got all excited. But the guy that pays the bills is happy that they have stuff and they can keep raining the money down from on high to keep this going. I call it the Bigelow effect because I think that's the same thing that happened with uh, Bigelow when he was at Skywalker's. People kept seeing things and um, saying we need more money, keep the money flowing, keep, keep, keep our salaries coming and we'll find out these mysteries and after X number of years he's finally just like okay or the government grant ran out because I do know that they did get some money for stuff. Bigelow did. Oh, really? Yeah. He got money from the um, from the program that uh, Elizondo was involved in. Apparently. Oh, really? Yeah. Some of that money, that twenty-five million that Harry Reid put in, um, some of that money rained down on Bigelow, and that uh, I mean, like I said, all these people. You look at this stuff. All these people are sort of connected in some way, and Pudhoff was involved with Bigelow. And, uh, um, yeah, which is, that was interesting to look at that organization that this guy Davis is involved in, Earth Tech Inc., and you go on the street view on Google, and it's like an abandoned building with an empty parking lot. And that, that may be outdated, but it's like, that's not a good sign. Yeah. So. <laughs> Maybe it's underground for miles. That's, that's right. The top. It leads to California. Um. So, so um, what do you think, though? Wilson memo, you believe it or not? I believe it. You believe it? I mean, I want, I want to believe it. <laughs> like everything, like all of this, I want to believe it. It seemed pretty believable. It is. It you does. Know? It does. It seems pretty. Good. I mean, I don't know. It did. It did. I do. I do think that there's validity to it i enjoy the reverse engineering aspect of the possibility of you know that department and them hiding it makes total sense you know he just what did he stumbled upon it in the accounting world and then dug into it and then he got stonewalled but yet you know they gave him some information it's almost like they want okay look <laughs> we're gonna give you this much but we're not going to give you everything, just like us, the public, <laughs> about UFOs and UAPs. We're going to give you, some, we're going to give you a little bit about what we know, and but yet we don't really know anything. But we can't tell you what we do have. <laughs> yeah, I'm, um, you know, so I've been looking at this stuff for about a year, and I agree with um, 
James McDonald and J. Allen Hynek that there is um, something going on. But I also think that the waters are really muddied by, um, I don't know what the word is, I don't have the vocabulary, for um, hucksters, maybe. Yeah. So I feel that uh, the Skinwalker Ranch thing is, it's just a money, it's its an entertainment. It's like uh, Blind Frog Ranch, same thing. It's an entertainment to, to make money, and they're not helping the matter by... Um, muddying the waters with theater. Yeah, it's almost, I mean, I, I almost want to say that it's almost purposeful to kind of let, it's so stupid that it's to help people understand that we really don't have anything, yet we do. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, uh, you know. Well, I, I don't but think But do we? I don't know. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get any answers out of the uh, the government. I don't think we're going to get any answers from Project Galileo because if they do see anything or discover anything, they're not even going to release that for a minimum of two years. And if it's anything that, that could lead to generation of revenue, which is what I think the ultimate goal is, uh, you're not going to hear anything from for five to seven years. Uh, until they secure whatever patents and technology that they would secure. And even then you might never hear anything. Um, so I don't think we're going to get anything from the government. I think it's going to continue as it has continued. I don't think we're going to hear anything from the private researchers. And, and especially since um, it's like Travis Taylor was going with that other UAPX group and that, that, documentary on uh, a tear in the sky and that also sort of falls into this category where they don't really have anything so they push minimal information and make it an entertainment so um i think there's a lot of good information out there which slowly in another 10 years i may get through this stuff um but you don't think there's anything in a warehouse in a box old Crash ships and aliens in formaldehyde. You don't think um, there is anything? Any evidence? I think there's that only the dead people know is in there because it. They know it's in there. They died, and then nobody else can figure out where it is because you've seen those military warehouses. They're huge, and they're not going to mark on here spaceship. You well, flight saucer. Well, what would what would happen is that the the stuff would get uh, sold at auction. At government yeah. auction that actually would be fascinating um that would get sold <laughs> at government auction and uh the people buying it wouldn't know what it was um yeah and uh, they might just think it's scrap metal there was a, a this machine that when the first um after 9 11 and we really had to, we spent um, even more money on the military the um this company built a machine that had like a big silver ball at the end of it and it would shoot electricity into the ground and it was designed to um, to blow up mines so the government was just like throwing money at everything because of the the uh, after 9-11 and uh, somebody bought parts of this at at an auction 
and they were posting it online going, what is this thing? And somebody, you know, somebody <laughs> figured it out and, and sent it to them. And it was this bizarre machine that somebody got millions of dollars to build. They built it, gave the prototype to the government. And then the government's like, oh, this, it's garbage. It doesn't work and or it doesn't do you know, everything we want it to do. So it just got sold at government auction. And I would bet you that if they did have anything and people died and they forgot about it, that's where it would end up. It's like, uh, yeah, like, uh, yeah, we don't know what this is, but on lot 24, we have a lot of scrap metal. Yes. Unusual and, scrap uh, pieces. Yeah. And then the aliens were probably dead and they buried them somewhere. They dissolved in something. The, they're stored in the wrong solution. They just, you know, but you got... know, these, this was before barcodes and everything, you know, it's like they weren't organized. Like you could be now like warehouses are now. I mean, it literally could still, but does anybody say, you know, let's, I know you don't believe in right patterns or wherever they put the stuff. Let's go. We want to see what's in there. What is in there? They're never going to show us. Yeah. They, like you said, yeah, here's lot 23 scrap metal. For, uh, anybody. You well, wad it up and it unfolds and that's kind of yeah. cool. And but somebody well, the, buys it and then puts the, in their garage. The problem with the government and a lot of agencies and the military, there's no institutional memory anymore. I mean, I've seen that at these universities, and you'll have, um, you know, these universities been around for a hundred years, and um, they do have uh, historians. But you'll read something in a book about, like when I was at Chicago, you read something about. Um, people that worked in this laboratory and I used to study in this one corner in the library and I read some stuff at some point about these scientists that I actually have a book by one of the guys right there and this guy Ricketts he did his PhD or he studied for his PhD at University of Chicago and he worked in this building and I read about that and, and I was looking out the window of the library and I'm going that's the building that the guy worked in but you know, there's probably uh, it's gone. They tore it out. It had beautiful, um, like sculptures and stuff on the the designs on the outside. Um, I forget what the material is called, but it was a like it had a chicken and it had some other things and it just with colored. They were painted and they were on the edges. They just tore the whole shit out. And that's like I wish they'd known they were tearing it down. I would have tried to get some of that stuff, uh, some of the sculptures, but they just bulldozed it. Um, but you know nobody nobody knows nobody cares that you know uh, you know famous researcher scientist once worked in in this building they just tore it down nobody remembers nobody cares and there was a guy that won a nobel prize at chicago for um isolating um isotope nuclear ice different type of isotope and he came to visit the university and he was like um he goes oh i want to go see my my old lab Take him to the old lab. It's a storage room, and he was like, he was like scandalized. He goes, "This is, this is one of the most you know we did some of the most uh, important chemical research that was part of the Manhattan Project in in the twentieth century in this room, and it's it's just you know forgotten storage thing." So he was well, anyway. Nobody cares. We don't have institutional memory. Uh, so things get lost, things get forgotten. They could be in there. The yeah. ships could, the UFOs, yeah. the flying saucers could be in this warehouse. I guess we're not getting any new flying saucers aren't falling out of the sky. They're much improved, I guess. Well, I was, I was actually thinking about that, and I'm wondering, 
especially since I've been looking at some of the enormous amount of sightings that were happening in the 60s, and James McDonald was reporting on it, like the kid that got zapped by the flying saucer. The um, I'm wondering if like radar technology and stuff just got so good that whatever these these craft are have just learned to um, you know avoid certain areas, which is why they're out in the ocean now. So I mean that's a, that's a possibility. Yeah. But but yeah um, yeah I mean if they did get any craft, I don't know where you would even store them. I don't think it's Wright Patterson. It's um, and then where would they go? It's not like something you could easily hide. So, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. All right, we're on an hour. We're on our hour. Ready to wrap it up? Yeah, let's wrap it up. We've <laughs> wasted another hour. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Alien Probe Podcast. We welcome comments, questions, or requests to alienprobepodcast at gmail.com. Visit us on Facebook. Also, check out our website at alienprobe.net. Twitter and Instagram at alienprobepod. See us on YouTube at Alien Probe Podcast, and you can punch in Doug Anthony after that. That'll bring it to the top of the sea of Alien Probe uh, YouTube episodes. And thanks to our senior producer, Robert Anthony. And thanks again, Dr. Bill. We'll yeah. see you next week. And I want to thank um, the person that sent in videos from Brazil. If there's any, yeah. anybody from, um, I mean, we're getting listeners in Brazil, Germany, and France. If anybody else wants to send in um, videos, please do. We're happy to look at them. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it was phenomenal. Yep. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye.